0: So he's saying all these nice things to me, which right. makes me feel like oh he's a dad he really loves me. You know he's already established earlier in the letter. I know I was good to you and mommy because everyone knows who this everyone is. I don't know, but then he starts telling me that I'm a good person because this is like this build up. They build you up so they could drop you right, and right. they build you up so they can confuse you more because then and I think probably around this time was was when they were trying to get my mother's body exhumed and. Uh, I had to give DNA evidence because there was so much brought up that it wasn't my mother's body. And so he's obviously trying to prop me up to do something for him. So, let, so let's see if in this letter, because I, again, I haven't read this in God knows how long. Let's see if he's, if he's trying to set me up for an ask. Let's see where the ask is And it is my hope that it helps anyone who has experienced deception, betrayal, and dark trauma. I'm Collier Landry, and this is Moving Past Murder. Hey, movers, what's going on? Welcome back to another episode of Moving Past Murder. Just wanted to say I am really enjoying getting to know you guys when I do my Instagram lives, which are every Tuesday, 11 a.m. Pacific. 2 p.m. Eastern time. We discuss the latest episode of Moving Past Murder on my Instagram channel, which is at Collier Landry. And uh, it's really cool getting to know you guys and hearing your feedback from the episodes, sharing my life with you guys, learning a little bit about you as well, which is really fun. And also, if you are watching this on YouTube, please do me a favor, click like and subscribe. I'm done with the pitch. Oh, and yes, coming up, we are finally putting together the Patreon page. I know I've said this before, but I obviously didn't figure out Patreon. We now figured it out. We got a bunch of extra content to load three different, uh, subscriber tiers. Your support is greatly appreciated. That will be patreon.com forward slash Collier Landry, which is for this podcast, moving past murder. So thank you very much. Wanted to give a shout out to one of my people that is contacting me on social media, this is Rayon Cubbins on Instagram, and she has DM would me and she says this. To be honest, your father just makes me utter the words, what the fuck? Like it's hard to fathom someone that is that self-observed and out of touch that with reality. But if I didn't know someone like that personally, I wouldn't believe it. I know that you guys really like hearing the letters from my father that he has written me from prison over the years. And today's episode is going to feature one of those letters. Now, as you guys may or may not know, I randomly pick these letters. So when I'm opening them and reading them, they are I am looking at them for the first time since, depending on when they're from, you know, sometimes almost 30 years ago. So it's kind of like a, a little trip down memory lane with me, but this week's episode and this week's letter is really interesting. Let's put it that way. A lot of you reach out and you're dealing with. Sociopathy, psychopathy, or just not good feelings about the people that are close around you. And you're wondering if you're feeling the same way. Well, I am here to tell you, look, I've done enough of this in my life, dealing with this man and dealing with my situation that, um, I really hope that what I share with you guys really helps. And I think it does. So back by popular demand, Brenda, Yes, we have letters from my father because letters everybody loves them
1: from your father.
0: Diary of a sociopath part 3 or i mean we'll stop doing parts because why do parts it's it right. doesn't matter so <laughs> here i have a bundle of letters this one okay so uh, you know what i could go by the dates on these uh-huh. i don't even need to see the date cuz i could see like th- how much like a us stamp was oh wow it says 25 cents and i'm like yeah that was Whoa. a while ago well uh, but ago. this one have this, this envelope has bunnies on it. If everyone oh, wow. can see. Yeah, this has yeah. bunnies. So maybe this was an Easter, an Easter sort of thing. And this was addressed to Collier L. Boyle. So oh. that means that, uh, you were young. yeah, this was an, this was an early one. This was an early one.
1: Hmm.
0: Trip back in the day. There's lots of 29 cent stamp ones. What are stamps now? I don't even, I don't even know. Oh my god! Stamps for 55 buy them, cents. I
1: think really? So.
0: I don't know anybody by stamp. So, anyways, yes, yeah, so we have these lovely bunny labels um on here and then oh I'm gonna need my glasses. <laughs> this is really hard <laughs> to read. It's very faint. So this was when he was at Warsi, Warren Correctional Institution, which is in and Lebanon. He's longer Ohio. There? No, no, he has been there yeah. forever. So I, I wanna say Warren. Cause there's Warren correctional institution in Warren, Ohio. And then there's Warren correctional war C, which is in Lebanon, Ohio. And that's where he was, which is down by like a, outside Cincinnati, I think. So let's see what this is. Oh, nothing. There's no letter in here. It's just, just, NCAA, the just in time for March, Ma- just in time for March madness. Everybody here woo-hoo. is an NCAA final four bracket of my father's picks. Oh. Which are highlighted in like pink.
1: So yeah, he sent you his pic picks. There.
0: Yeah, he sent me his NAACP picks. <laughs> <laughs> or NAACP, NAACP, NCAA <laughs> picks for yeah, the final that's... four. So this is 19, wow, this is 1991 NCAA Division one's Men's Basketball Championship. So let's go with this one. Okay. Out of the envelope. This is dated Sunday morning, 6th of November, 1994. 1994, this is like a book though. See, this is the thing he would send these letters and you would type them and they were like,
1: yeah,
0: it was like a, like a book. So this is Sunday morning, 6th of November, 1994, dear son Collier. Well, as anticipated, I received your last letter last night and was very thrilled to hear from you and to receive your photos. You are a very handsome young man and photograph very well. I am proud of your composure. Your mother would be very proud of you. Your mother would be very proud of you. Exclamation point. Hmm. So and so, I won't mention this name. This is obviously somebody I think I went to, to to high school, like homecoming or something with. Okay. So blank, blank female individual. Mm -hmm. Seems like a very nice girl. And I am glad that you have a decent female friend in your life. So to speak, Hmm. you will have years, perhaps a lifetime of meeting and making new acquaintances and that includes female friends, but I am glad there is someone that you can socialize with. I approve of her from her photo. Although I do not know her personally or her family. I'm certain that George and Susan keep an accurate eye on that exclamation point. Hmm. I will, there's so much to unpack in just the first sentence, right? Yes. Just the first paragraph, mm-hmm. there's so much.
1: <laughs> yes. Your mother would be so proud of you if he hadn't killed her.
0: Sure. There's Ugh. that. And then, but then there's the, the the, female. See, I really am trying to read this out without glasses. This so is how yes. tired I am. But this is so the, for those of you that don't know or that are just tuning in. So my father was a womanizer. Like a legit womanizer, multiple affairs, multiple girlfriends, obviously the last girlfriend he had, he impregnated. I have a half sister who was born 12 days before my father was arrested. So just the fact that he's sitting here <laughs> saying, I mean, aside from the fact that he says your mother would be very proud of you, exclamation point, Right. but you will have years. And then if you have some parentheses, perhaps a lifetime. Huh? perhaps a lifetime. So, so of meeting and making new acquaintances and that includes female friends, but I am glad there is someone that you can socialize with. Huh? So is it? (laughs) So when he says perhaps a lifetime, so what if I got married in that during that lifetime, would that be that I would continue to have
1: acquaintances
0: like acquaintances, like female friend, like female friend acquaintances? Hmm. Yeah. Ah, Boy, it
1: doesn't sound like he really valued women.
0: Oh, no, he was a total. Yeah, come on. I will try to answer some of your questions in your letter as best I can from the from the font of experience that I have within myself. You will get straight answers from me, which I think are better for you to deal with. I will get, you will get straight answers from me, which I feel are better to deal with.
1: He hasn't given you straight answers yet.
0: He has never given me straight answers. This is really, really funny, Um, but not funny too. It's kind of dark. It's a dark twisted sense of humor here on movie past murder today. (laughs)
1: Yes.
0: I think your schoolwork sounds fine to me in spite of the C in chemistry. You are now aware that you must work very hard all of the time as a lost grade can swing on the final exam. I have had experience where I lost an a by one point on an exam. I then learned that I must work harder to make certain. I have a good cushion of points to get the letter grades that I wanted or needed for professional school. This is a valuable lesson for you to remember. Do not, do not be complacent or it will bite you in the ass. Stay ahead of the envelope. And you should do fine and not create anxieties for yourself. Remember anything, anything worth it will cost you in terms of time, personal life, relationships, etc. Stop feeling sorry for yourself, for yourself. Only your family will care, care about you. Others will just use you for their own purposes, which is very interesting because I was just talking about certain individuals. Yes, you were using me like to shoot their documentary for free and not paying me. <laughs> Hope they're listening. <laughs> Stay strong and positive in whatever endeavor you choose. Be polite about things. Although you will see successful, obnoxious people in your lifetime, I do not feel that it is a personal level of conduct that is acceptable to me. It was never acceptable to your mother. It should not be acceptable to you.
1: Hmm.
0: I mean, hmm. my I, father. I like
1: the comment though about biting you in the ass because it's kind of funny because you're the one who bit him in the ass
0: (laughs) yes or don't be complacent yes because it will bite you in the ass so is he referring to like he got complacent because he just thought that he was he was smarter than the police and therefore he could do whatever the hell he wanted
1: well, but, hell, he wasn't smarter than a twelve-year-old because. Wasn't you took smarter than down. a
0: twelve-year-old? That should be a. Isn't that a like a a, a show? Yeah, of, you know, like, are, boxes, you, like, are you are you smarter than a fifth grader? A fifth grader? Something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, something silly like that. So, yeah, this is um. Well, this is very interesting.
1: I don't think a C in chemistry is that bad. I think I had a C in chemistry in high school as well. I. I'm
0: almost wondering if like grades even matter, but anyways, let's continue because this is, I think, I feel like this is gonna be a good one. It'll be a two-parter I'm sure. But like, <laughs> I agree on mommy's friends. They were never friends from the get-go. It seems to me that they all, that all they did was take okay. and use your mother for their own purposes. It also seems that mommy, unfortunately was duped by them. I am glad Shelley Bowden ha- still has contact with you. I am not at all surprised that the rest of mommy's acquaintances have vanished. Fairweather friends all All on my questions about the case. I understand your desire to forget things as they are painful, but I can assure you that they are just as painful, if not more to me personally. (laughs) They are questions that must be asked and answered. I know the answers to some of them as the investigation has turned up many interesting things. I just need to know if you are aware of them. This is the logic that I am utilizing with you. I mean, okay, it's just so much here. On the other hand, I am glad that you have happy memories. At least that at least I was not that bad of a father to you, eh? I know that I know I was not a bad father, so do not worry about that. I did the right thing for you and mommy all the time, and everyone knows it all too well. Sherry still complains that I did everything for mommy and you and not enough for her. Wow. So for those of She's- you that don't know, so Sherry was the the girlfriend, the mistress that signed my mother's name on the documents to get the house where they found my mother's body
1: where they buried her in the basement.
0: Uh yeah, but also um what is this like what are what are all these things that people are aware of? Like that's what I want to know.
1: The other thing that I really loved was how it was affecting him and he was hurting so much more than everybody else
0: he, yeah 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 let's go back to that that, that line is yeah. great um That's, all that my was questions knee, about the slapper on my que- here we go yeah all my questions about the case i understand your desire to forget things as they are painful but i can assure you that they are just as painful if not more to me personally hmm. there are questions yeah. that must be asked and answered i know the answers to some of them As the investigation has turned up many, many interesting things. Mm. I just need to know if you are aware of them. This is the logic that I'm using with you utilizing with you. Hmm. On the other hand, I am glad that you have happy memories. At least I wasn't that bad of a father to you. eh? I know I was not a bad father, so do not worry about that. I did the right thing for you and mommy all the time and everyone knows it all too well. Sherry still Mm. complains that I did everything for mommy and you and not enough for her.
1: She still complains.
0: Yeah. So, uh, so this is Sunday, the 6th of November, 1994. So what I'm wondering is, is this like, are they still together or what? But who are these other people that know how good he knows that he, I did the right thing for you and mommy all the time and everyone knows it all too well. So who is everyone that knows this all too well? So, His imaginary it, so friends? To, unpack this so i guess what i'm curious is is so is he trying to i mean i guess this is gaslighting right or this is like uh oh totally where do they say like coercive uh, coerc- coercive control mm-hmm. where you i think that like you spout your own narrative right you spout your own right. narrative and you end up so this is like okay so this is again something that like because there's so many of you guys that reach out to me right and they're asking that you guys love these letters because then we get to see these like amazing little tidbits that nobody ever Mm -hmm. gets to see. Right. So I think that, Hmm. I think that here, the big takeaway is like, who are these people that know it all too well? And like, he's setting this narrative. Like you don't need to tell me because I already Mm -hmm. know that I was a great, wonderful person.
1: I was always looking out for
0: you and your, and your mother. I was such a great father. Sherry was jealous of you guys because I did so much for you. What exactly was that abusing me, murdering my mother? Was that doing a lot for, for us? Was that like a good thing that you were, I mean, this is just, but this is like this gaslighting curse of control, Mm -hmm. all these things that are just so insidious. And then you're telling this to. So I was 1994. So I was, was I 16? I was 16, I guess I was 16. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. Yep. For, yeah. What exactly
1: was Sherry jealous of? Did she want to be buried in the basement too?
0: Exactly. Was, Sherry still complains that I did everything for mommy what? and you and not enough for her. It mm. is important for you to realize you are a good person. You are. You have no need to hang your head in any shameful manner whatsoever. Not because of me or this case or your mother or your family. Understand? Don't let people talk you down. Don't let people talk you out of your dreams or your heritage. You are a strong and positive person with good genes. We are all proud of you. Who is we, who are the, we Is it like the Royal. We like, this is like uh, the dude from the (laughs) Royal. We, I mean, so we are all proud of you. So, right. And here he is like, this is what they do. They like, so it's like the Stockholm syndrome. I, this is what I think at least. You know, you have your captor and they just beat you down so much, but then they, you know, you're starved for 10 days, but then they, the other guy comes in and gets a good cop, bad cop thing, right? They beat right. you down. Then somebody comes in with a plate of food, lets you take a shower, lets you use the toilet, right? And right. they're like, Oh, and then they ask you questions. Oh, you're really good. You're this, it's this, it's this manipulation that this just like this, mm-hmm. this cease. like what is it? What was it? The teeter totter you play on the seesaw seesaw you're up and down, ooh, yep. ooh. Like, that's what it <laughs> is with your emotions. You're like teeter totter with your emotions. Yep. So they're trying, they're telling you one thing and you're doing enough. It's fucking crazy. And it makes you crazy. That's the thing is, is because what he's doing is he's making, so he's saying all these nice things to me. Which right. makes me feel like, oh, he's a dad. He really loves me. You know, he's already established earlier in the letter. Like, I was really good to you. I know I was a good father. You don't have to say that. I know I was a good father for X amount of reasons that everyone knows. I know I was good to you and mommy because everyone knows. Who this everyone is, I don't know. But then he starts telling me that I'm a good person because this is like this buildup. They build you up so they could drop you, right? right? And they build you up so they can confuse you more. Because then, and you know, I think probably around this time was, was when... They were trying to get my mother's body exhumed. And, uh, I had to give DNA evidence because I was curious because there was so much brought up that it wasn't my mother's body and that my, and the eye color was different and her weight was different. And of course me and my sort of thing, I remember my, my adopted father, George, taking me to this place in Medina, Ohio to this like, uh, you know, facility where I had to give blood for DNA test to see if I am matched. And I just remember all this, this happening. I think this is around the same time. It's gotta be around the same time because it was around, right. like, this would be, I would have been like a junior in high school. So this would have mm-hmm. been it. So I think that, um, so he's obviously trying to prop me up to do something for him. So let so let's mm-hmm. see if in this letter, cause I, again, I haven't read this in God knows how long let's see if he's, if he's trying to set me up for an ask. Let's see where the ask is. Okay. Oh, yep. Here we go. Ah. I just caught a little bit of something else. Yes, I am in prison. I am not in prison for a crime I committed or had anything to do with. I am here because I allowed my attorneys to conduct a trial in the manner they did. I did not know about the law. It was a great big act for Mayer, which was uh, the prosecutor, James J. Mayer, Mm -hmm. and Whitney which is, which is my father's high power defense lawyer. He had a couple of them, but Whitney, Bob Whitney, who is still practicing to this day is today is March wow. 9th, 2022. And I believe he is still practicing law at like age 84 and obviously very, you know, coherent wow. and can practice yes. law. It takes on like big capital murder cases and shit like that. He was representing a serial killer uh, wow. a few years ago when I made a murder man. he was buried in it. Yeah. I mean, he's like a legit attorney. So back to this, he says, and mayor, so the prosecutor, Whitney, and then Henson, he's referring to Judge James Henson, who was the judge of the trial. You must recall, there is no evidence against me. As Tom Adgate tells me, the playing field was not level for my trial. All had their own individual motives for riding my back to a victory. And it all seems to have centered on political advancement and money. I don't know who the, who this Tom Adgate is. I think this might've been his like, so mm-hmm. I think this might've been his appeal, appellate attorney, which okay. if you're trying to get a guy, a very, let's just call it what it is. <laughs> who has more of an agenda here? The prosecutor for the case, the defense mm-hmm. attorney that defended my father, right? Who is right. a more than competent, very successful defense attorney and the judge that presided on the case. Or the guy who takes the appellate case to try to get the really famous murderer whose son testified against him at trial in one of the largest cases in Ohio history out of prison. who's the headline chaser? Who could be the ambulance chaser? Now look, I'm not trying to like this is not a, a uh, uh, an admonishment of Tom Adgate and what he's doing. He obviously probably had you know, his reasons for taking it and whatever that is, and I'm not excoriating for for him him for this at all. What I am saying is that it's interesting because he's talking about people's agendas involved in yeah. this. As if it's, you know, it's yeah. more blame shifting, it's manipulation, it's gaslighting, it's 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 blame the other people. It's everyone else's fault but my father's. Right. Nothing he did was wrong, right? Of course. And here we go. It's centered on its political so just to finish the last thing. and it all seems to have centered on political advancement and money. Then hmm. the next paragraph I am innocent of the crimes for which I am convicted I killed no one I mm. planned nothing to cause the disappearance or death of mommy I don't even know if it is mommy okay so this was around this time because there mm-hmm. was all this hoopla about her not being so this is this makes sense
1: so she magically ended up in the basement of the house that he bought for his mistress that was a brand Ma- new magic. house magic Complete no one had magic. lived there before. Right?
0: Yes. Well, no, people had lived there before, but they, oh, they got ha- out of the house and they, oh. they must have planted her. But bo- I don't know. Oh, they planted she her body. A, she might have been a cahoots with, them, with them and said, hey, even though when they left, she was still alive and with mm-hmm. me. But I, I mean, I don't know. Oh, here we go. Doesn't it seem peculiar to you that <laughs> I was never and my medical experts were never able to examine the evidence against me, the body? Doesn't it seem peculiar to you that in our system of government and laws that the defendant was not able to confront the evidence against him? This is the type of justice fostered by the small minds in Mansfield. So, okay. So Brenda, obviously we just last week released this episode with Deb right. Kirkland, who was talking about his experience in the Jim, uh, uh Jim Williams trial, which is, was the foundation for uh, the book midnight in the garden of good and evil in the film by Clint Eastwood. And he was talking about, cause he wrote that book, lawyer games and talking about the games that lawyers play prosecutors, but most, most specifically defense attorneys and how defense attorneys in discovery are able to manipulate evidence. And his specific example was placing photographs. In out, out of out of numerical order or out of sequential order, they were shot in and put them in a specific numerical order, which is used to convince the ju- which is used to confuse the jury and convince them of innocence or convince them that there was some sort of malfeasance or shenanigans going on on the crime scene where things were moved around right. for purpose of photographing. It. And this particular thing was a chair and a belt buckle that was directly involved with the trajectory of a bullet that was fired through the person that was killed, right? So my father is, is literally suggesting that he had no time to examine the evidence. Well, it's really hard to examine a body that has been buried. And I, and he knows this because he's went to medical school, Buried this body. That was decomposing for 25 days in a shallow grave. Yeah. So how, how did that happen? That he dug (laughs) that he dug. Yeah. Of of course, like, what are you going to do? Get fingerprints off of it. Like we, we, we know this. And this was again, like one of the things I was, I wanted to talk about in that episode with, with Depp, but I didn't, but it was like, there was a lot of circumstantial evidence with my father because there was Mm -hmm. no physical evidence. And that's why it ended up being, you know, now I know this as an adult, they didn't want to tell me this as a kid, why my testimony ended up being so necessary is because. There was no blood. There were no fibers, but there was circumstantial evidence. You rented the jackhammer. You asked about lowering the basement floor in the house. You asked about, uh, you you bought the tarp that she was buried in. Collier saw that tarp months previous. Mm -hmm. It was kept on the porch of the home. So all these things that were like renting the jackhammer three days early. And, and, you know, I was just interviewed on the scary guy podcast, which will, this comes out. This episode will come out this Friday, March 11th. So when you're, You guys are watching or listening to this. You guys are, just so you know, on Monday the 14th, I will be on the Scary Guy podcast. They're a UK-based podcast, very cool. But they had just watched a murder in Mansfield. And we got into this discussion about evidence and things of that nature. But talking about how it was all circumstantial and how Mm -hmm. uh, this is what ultimately ended up getting my father convicted, on top of my testimony, which was like, and this gives us, gives us a time. But again, my father, because they were they were under the impression from the film that my father, that it was an act of a crime of passion. And he was saying how my mother came out and I, he pushed her and her head split and, and on the furniture. And that's how she had the blunt force trauma. And then he put the plastic bag over her head, not to suffocate her, but because he didn't want to look at her face after she was already dead and he tried to perform CPR on it. They didn't understand that this was all premeditated. And look, right. the the... the film was not about a murder, even though it's called a murder in Mansfield. It's about the consequences of violence. Right. But I understand what they were saying, why they were saying this because they were like, well, but he seemed so convincing. And I'm like, well, yeah, he's a sociopath. That's Mm -hmm. what they do. They're really Mm -hmm. good. They can convince you that the sky is pink, like this shirt. That's how good they are. Anyone Mm -hmm. ever bought a used car? Try that times a million. (laughs) <laughs> that's how good these people are. They are so good at deceiving you and so good at manipulating you. So this is my father doing this to a then 16 year old kid who, yeah. whose mother he murdered. So he starts with saying, first of all, like you're a great kid. You look so handsome. I'm so proud of you. Then it goes into, mm-hmm. you know, your, I took really good care of you. Obviously you feel this way. Cause everybody knows it. I took care of your mother. Even my girlfriend who I impregnated, who signed the document for the house where I buried your mother. She was jealous of you guys because I took such good care of you and I am committed. And then, and, 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 don't you agree? And you're a good person. Don't, don't let this bring you down. Cause I'm innocent. And then it goes into his whole thing on why he's innocent. It's all right. a calculated manipulation from page one. It's just, it's the setup and why, mm-hmm. because like you said at the end of the, at the beginning of the episode, he's got a lot of time on his hands. And when you have a lot of time on your hands, what do they say, uh, idle time is the devil's workshop, not to keep using all these little, you know, quips yeah. from, you know, whatever, but like, really it's, it, there's a reason why people say these things, you can just sit there and spend the narrative and this is what, so when I'm on the scary guy podcast, which you guys can listen to, he was like, your father is so good. You're so convi- he's so convincing. And I'm like, well, well, yeah, that's. That's what they do. And you say the last thing you say to him. I believe that you believe that. And I was mm-hmm. like, well, yes, Gary, you have to understand that he's had 30, you know, almost 30 years to prepare this narrative. So if you're sitting in your yeah. like, you can convince yourself of anything. Yeah. I could convince myself. You put me in a cage for long enough. I'll convince myself that the sky is pink and convince you of it for sure. I mean, yeah. you're going to, it's a coping mechanism. Forget like. The sociopathy, the narcissism, the this, that, the other, forget all of that. At the fundamental core of all this shit is a coping mechanism, coping mechanism for me and a coping mechanism for him, for him to sort of come to grips with what he's done and then sell Mm -hmm. that new narrative that he wants to to construct. He sells it to himself so he can sell it to you. Because how can you convince somebody if you don't believe the bullshit you're shilling? Right.
1: Very true. I don't
0: know. That's my opinion. Let's continue though. This is great. <laughs> okay. What you must do to prepare yourself for those who you see you as a target. Um, mm-hmm. if someone goes you into a fight and you respond, then you are, li- you may be liable for a lawsuit. They will want you to, they will want a piece of your money. If you have a car and someone gets injured, they can sue you or George above the level of insurance to get your money. Please do not be so stupid to think that there are nice people in Mansfield who will not do something like that to you. Trust me, there are those in your school right now who quote, no, and they are waiting for their shot at you. Be cautious, not paranoid, but do not be stupid or naive. Now that's good advice in a sort of way. But the whole reason that all this has happened is because you fucking murdered my mother.
1: Right. Exactly.
0: And it is hard not to be paranoid. And this is again, so this is again, this part, this part of manipulation where it's like, he's like, trust me, you will go through this because now he's pumped me up. Right. He's then trying to convince me of a narrative that is not, that doesn't exist, which he was really good to my mother and I and was a really great father and Sherry was jealous of it. So of course he was a great father. Then, yep. How he, di- he is, d- didn't get a fair trial is completely innocent. Then warning me that people are going to come after me. And then what does he do? He's setting himself up to be the savior for all of that. I'm yeah. your dad. I guarantee this is where this is going. I mean, yes, it's already gone the f- there anyways.
1: Fantastic I'm your dad. fatherly advice.
0: Here looking out for you. I am not saying these things to make you crazy or anxious. I want you to be alert and not fooled. I do not make the mistakes your mother and I made. Yes, I always knew I wanted to be a doctor. It was my wish even as a child when I took care of birds and animals, etc. I had to work hard to get to get to be a physician. I worked a full-time job as a computer operator, then a computer room supervisor at the hospital at the University of Pennsylvania while I was a full-time undergraduate student. I worked from 4 to 12, 4 p.m. to 12:30 a.m. Monday through Friday and overtime as required. I did this while I was going to school in the daytime. I slept in the back of a car during the day when possible while waiting for classes. I did not go to the movies or football games or hardly anything else because I could not achieve my goals to be a physician if I did those other things. My parents could not pay for my education. I had to earn it the hard way. No free rides. I am not complaining to you. I want you to understand that if you want something bad enough, you will work very hard for it as I did. Well, no shit. Well, the apple doesn't fall hard from the tr- far from the tree on that one. That's for sure. It is, it is that same attitude about this conviction that causes me to continue the fight for my innocence. Tom Adgate and his crew believe in me. The Akron Beacon Journal believes in me. Ted Joy believes in me. He's a reporter for the Akron Beacon Journal. There are countless others who believe in my innocence, but regardless of I must fight for my freedom. I must fight now as I did to get my education and my goals as a physician, so it's very
1: and how can these people believe in his innocence when the body of your mother was found in the basement of the house he bought for his mistress
0: but we, but Who we don't in get the into the world
1: that? would believe that,
0: but we don't get into that because that's not important,
1: yeah, yeah of course <laughs> it's, it's so, facts it's Not important. I mean, it's just,
0: yeah. So then he goes on, you are your own man, no problems with that. That is what your mother and I would want to see. But we also want to see some guidelines about your life and career plans. There they are the pitfalls that mommy and I encountered work hard and be cautious, trust no one exclamation point, exclamation point. Hmm. I am not being cynical about trust. You just do not wander down the road like little red riding hood and have the wolf jump out at you understand, be cautious and alert. It looks like hmm. the wolf is jumping out at me right now. The wolf right? is jumping out right here. In this letter.
1: This is the wolf.
0: Cause the wolf wants me to rescind my testimony. So he can get out of prison. That's what the wolf wants.
1: Right. And he's wanted that. The for whole time. How many years? 35 years.
0: Well, yeah. Well, now he's one of that for 30, but this is, you know, at this point he was about four years in.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Oh boy. You can be anything you want to be anything. It is up to you. I can only guide you and pray for you. You must draw from the inner strength that is in your blood. <clears throat> you can do that. Concentrate mm-hmm. and be faithful to your heritage. You will not lose. I personally would have liked to have had you raised under uncle Charlie's roof, but that is past now. So Uncle Charlie is my... So Uncle Charlie... My Uncle Charles is my father's brother. He was best friends with my mother. And when all this happened, he abandoned me. Just like the rest of my family. Just know that. Huh. Still, to this day, March 9th, 2022, doesn't talk to me. When I called him during COVID to make sure he was okay, and then I asked him, I think I was like half in the bag, I called him again like a couple of days later. It was COVID and everybody was getting wasted. And I called him and I asked him... You like, you know, why didn't you take me in? Why didn't you, why weren't you in my life? Why can't you be in my life now? Why don't you ever pick up the fucking phone and call me, man? Like what, what is wrong with you? I'm your Godson. You said you would protect me. You never did. Right. Nothing, nothing. Still haven't heard from him. Two years later, every time I communicate with that man, it's always me doing something. It's exhausting. It's exhausting. The last time I heard from him, like that he actually initiated contact with me was in 2010, so mm-hmm. this is 12 years ago when my father was up for parole and he wanted me to put together money to send to my father, like five or $10,000 or $20,000 or $30,000 to send to my father to pay for my father's lawyer. So he could get paroled. I had, I don't think I had $25, little $25,000.
1: So why didn't he do it? I was a starving artist. He
0: he claimed that and he has plenty of money. I'm sure he works for the government that he Mm -hmm. couldn't do it because he's in the government. He's in the Navy. They would find out they would trace it. I'm like, no, like Mm -hmm. that's not true. You probably don't want to, but you feel compelled to ask me to do it. I mean, it's so insane. Like the insidious, insane nature of all this is just it just. Hmm.
1: Thanks, Uncle Charlie.
0: It's never underestimate the predictability of someone with a fundamental lack of integrity. I said this to somebody the other day, some of the anxieties you are now experiencing might have been avoided or more easily answered, but the Ziggler's are, Hmm. are good people. And I have no compunctions about their care or love or, or love for you. I am thankful they have been so generous to you. Hmm. Perhaps you could take your first year of school at OSU Mansfield. Going away to college is not always the answer or answer in particular, if you do not have the focus you need to concentrate on schoolwork and goals. Sometimes that is is better achieved when you are living at home, like going to school at OSU Mansfield for a year, then transferring to another school after that, when you are more comfortable could transfer to main campus after that, or, or after the local experience and not lose anything. Please pardon the spelling. He's typing on a typewriter, by the way, I can tell. First of all, dude, you don't know what it's like. First of all, dude, because of the destruction and the craziness and the crazy shit you did, you have no idea what it's like. As you say in this letter, I have nothing to be ashamed of. You have no idea what it's like to live in the shadow of a fucking murderer, let alone like the most famous one in your state at -hmm. the time and be the one who testified. You have no idea what my fucking life is like, bro. Like I could not wait to get out of Mansfield when I was eight. I could not wait. I mean, I stayed in Ohio as long as I could till I was twenty. That's it. You know, sorry. No. I mean Again, so he this is needed a fresh start. Manipulation and gaslighting it. Oh, of course, yeah. But this is again mm. manipulation, gaslighting, not understanding, no compassion, no empathy, because he's a sociopath, of not understanding that I'm sorry, like this is a great time to insert the narrative of, hey, I'm sorry that your life is so fucked because of what I did and that you feel like you need to run away from the community that raised you, or you feel that you need to like leave the nest because you're judged or people look at you funny or people don't treat you well, or they don't treat you well because of the shit that I did. Mm -hmm. No, there's no accountability. There's no responsibility. There's none of it. It's absurd. It's absurd. These letters are just crazy, but I'm hoping that you guys are really gleaning some insight here because this is typical <laughs> stuff. So he says yes. it is more th- it is more my anxieties that are trying to guide you rather than any frustrations you might have. But that's what they say that parents try to relive their lives through their children. Guess what I want? F- guess what I want for you is not is not is to not have the same sorrows and fears that I had when I was younger, which is only natural. The same sorrows and fears do no, you just made sure that my sorrows and fears were like fucking 5 million times worse sorrows of not having yeah. my family, my mother, a safe place to live. Like what did foster care I was orphaned. Are you fucking kidding me? And if you guys are, I'm not angry, so I don't mean to be yelling. I'm not, I'm annoyed. And I'm just very passionate about this. Cause this is just like, this is just bullshit. It's just like, when you read this stuff and you start to confront these people and you start to recognize these things for what they are, like, you're going to like, this is what you see. And then you get really aggravated by it. And you're just like, and then you start to, you know, when you're me right now and you're starting, I mean, I'm sure Brenda, you feel the same way. Right. Mm-hmm. You are now starting to, I'm now starting to go, you know, like realizing you're saying this to like a 16 year old kid who forget like the, you know, the anxieties and stuff. Like I'm also going through puberty and girls and driving. And I wasn't allowed to have a car at that time. And, and I was working and going to school and figure out what my life was. Right. Like there's a lot, There's a lot going on in my world. Yeah. It's a lot. It's not just my world. A lot. There's a lot that goes on in any teenager's world. Girl, boy, whatever. There's a lot going on. You're going through these body, these, you know, changes in hormones and everything and shit gets wacky and you're, that's already enough to cause enough anxiety, let alone all this other bullshit, you know? Right. It's just, it's so insane. And it's just a very simple way of just like, oh yeah, I don't want you to do this. On my clothing, they are yours. Tell George and Susan, they, then you call Sherry and tell her. I have already written her about this. Chrissy will keep some things, but will not be keeping my clothing. If you want the clothes, then ask. No one will bite your head off. Asks. I don't think Chrissy can wear my sweaters and ski stuff, etc. You can. Plus, you can have all the great ties and, that I had for so long. I want you to have the clothes. I guess. Did you ever do that? I do have his clothes. I, I do have some of his ties still, I think. Or maybe I got rid of them. I don't know. I did, I, hmm. I don't know. I don't wear ties. I don't think I've worn. I honestly don't think I have worn a tie in almost 20 years.
1: Yeah. I haven't never seen you in one. Thank God. Thank Yep. It's a
0: costume. See, Anyways, if you would. But that doesn't matter. Like, if anyone wears ties and suits of ties to, yeah. to <laughs> the office, I commend you. I have a G's, a t-shirt, cool-looking Nike's guy. For the most part, call sherry or charlotte charlotte was her mother and ask to talk to your sister with your sister chrissy ask them to allow a visit for you both to get a mcdonald's or pizza or something together if you do not ask then then it is interpreted that you do not care and that you do not want contact with chrissy do not allow that to happen to you i want my children to love each other and to be with each other not estranged from each other but the bottom line is that you must ask and make, and must be persistent when you do not do this. People in, might interpret it as a lack of caring on your part. And I know that that is not the question that is not you. I know you are caring and feeling individual. I know that only uh, that only so well. So it's interesting is I, I did get to see Chrissy a few times when I was younger and, um, and we, uh, and, and George and Susan were, my, my adoptive parents were very, very good about this and, uh, and really tried to forge a relationship specifically, even though I didn't like it, I didn't want to see Sherry. They were like, we want you to have a relationship with your sister. If we could try to make this happen, which they did. I mean, they were great about it. Um, so nobody needed to force them to do that. You know, right. uh, um, w wh- what is interesting is, um the part where he says you know i don't want you guys to be estranged well probably the best way for them to not to be estranged is i don't know you could have just divorced my mother and married sherry and had her and then we wouldn't be estranged you didn't have to kill my mother and put us right. all through this fucking circus like again you're did not hes so disconnected from reality that he doesn't understand or he does understand he's ignoring the fact is probably the the true the truth of all this probably is the fact that you put us through so much fucking bullshit man that mm-hmm. we that we didn't like how we're lucky we talk, like we're lucky we are we, functioning and able to do this. We're like we not caught up in a corner, holding car
1: like it's so He just acts like, Oh, it's just another day and it's just make another sure day. You have a relationship the, the sky with your is sister. pink.
0: The sky is pink, the mm-hmm. ocean is, is yellow and you know, and the snow is green.
1: It's he, he acts like he's just out of town. He's just out of town. He's
0: just—he's t- taking a moment. Like, he didn't go to... Yeah. <laughs> he's at camp. He's at yeah. camp. I will be very anxious to to see you again. It has been too long. I do not want to be separated from my children. I miss you very much. I miss Chrissy very much. Although I write to both of you and send you both pictures of myself, I want to see my children. Someday you will understand this. My fight for freedom is, a, is as much about my children as it is for myself. I cannot allow either of you to be stigmatized by the unjust and illegal conviction. I will not allow that to occur. Hmm. So he does understand. So he, then he does say that we're stigmatized because he started the letter saying that there was no stigma, that there's nothing to be ashamed of and this, that, and the other, but then he's saying, I don't want you to be stigmatized, which recognize that we are stigmatized. So you're just completely contradicting yourself from two pages ago, brother.
1: But you're stigmatized by the unjust and illegal of what happened to him. Yeah, like it's it's all happening to him.
0: Anyhow, I am looking mm-hmm. forward to seeing you, hugging you, kissing you, and seeing what a fine young man you have grown into, in spite of all the troubles this "quote unquote" nightmare has brought us all. I will arrange for pictures. Short notice, mm-hmm. but I might be able to pull it off. Remember be courteous and diplomatic and cooperative, but not walked over with people more will be accomplished with honey rather than vinegar. You are a good poor person. You are normal. I am very proud of you. Never forget that. Also, never forget that. I love you very much bundles and bundles. And I always shall see you this Friday. Can't wait. You're always in my prayers and thoughts. Keep me in yours. Love X, 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 O, O, O daddy.
1: How often did you go visit him?
0: Not that often when I was like a kid, really, I didn't really start visiting him until I went to Ohio university school of music. Um, and he was at Lucasville prison, which those of you that are from Ohio remember Lucasville. Those of you that don't probably remember Lucasville because that was the prison that the inmates took over and president Bill Clinton had to send in like the national guard and all this. And. Was it, but yeah, because Bush was out of office, Bush Senior was out of office. So yeah, Mm -hmm. it was a whole thing. The prisoners took over. It was really a unique experience and terrifying for the prison guards because I don't know if a lot of, obviously those of you that watch this, you guys aren't going to know anything about prison. At least I hope not, but like in prison, (laughs) there'll be 2000 or let's say 3000 inmates in a prison, which is, there's more than that, but let's just say there's, let's just say there's 3000 there's usually like one prison guard per like 50 or 60 or 45 or something. So when you figure and the, and the thing that keeps much like probably clear and not to be conspiracy there is but like the thing that keeps prisons from necessarily being like overrun or, or people, because you say, okay, so it's, mm-hmm. it's basically 45 to one is what you're telling me, you know, and the thing is, is that in prisons, the, the way that they control is they let it control itself. Right. So you have people that are, that are black. You have people that are white. You have people that are, are Mexican. You have people that are, are Asian. You have people that are black, but they're Muslim. You have people that are white, but they're Aryan, right? Nazis. And then you have them. They all form these little factions inside of the prison. Right. Mm -hmm. But what, so what happened with specifically with Lucasville is the Muslims and the, the blacks Mm-hmm. partnered together and the whites and the Aryans partnered together and they came together and they said, look around, bro. Like there's, there's, there's 45 of us to one of them. We can mm-hmm. take this motherfucker over. And they did for like 11 days or 12 days. Wow! And when I went to visit him, when he was in Lucasville, Mm-hmm. That was one of the scariest prisons I've ever been in. Cause I remember like going in and there was this long, like long, scary corridor <laughs> mm-hmm. that you had to go through to get in. It was like really creepy. It was like, you were going into a bunker. It was a very, and knowing what it just would have just happened there at the time. Um, cause it happened, I think in 1993, maybe it was 94, but, um, it was pretty scary. Um, but yeah, Lucasville. Uh, so that's when I would see him more regularly I think it was like maybe twice a month Because it was not far from where I was going to school Gotcha um, And that's when I was sort of laying the whole thing So then he and I had a He, we, he had a massive falling out say he sent me this letter, which I'm sure I'll find one of these days mm-hmm. where he said something that I said, something about my mother to my uncle Charles. And don't talk about your mother that way. That's disrespectful. And I was like, oh dude, you're crazy. And I was like, I can't talk to you. And I don't think I'd spoke to him for years and years. I moved out to California. I was like, no, I'm done.
1: And you had never said anything
0: to, of course, of course no. not. I wasn't speaking to my uncle and I wasn't speaking to anybody. No. It just was so ridiculous.
1: Wow, that letter stuff? was a
0: lot to digest. Yeah, I'm yeah, sure. Obviously. That was a lot. I mean, I'm sure you could glean things too. Like for those of you that just listened to this, I'm sure you're like, well, but he said these nice things about unique clothes with this nice thing. Yes. That's Mm -hmm. uh, and I'll take those things. Sure. Um, But there's all, it's all part of the manipulation and control. And You're saying this to a 16 year old kid whose mother you murdered for four and a half years, almost five years before that, literally five years before that because this is November of 1994 and December thirty first, nineteen. Like five years before that, you murdered five years ago. From writing this letter, you were premeditating the murder of his of this guy's mother, your wife, while your girlfriend was pregnant.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: It's insane when you start to think about it in the context of what it really is, right? Right. But that's why I read these letters for you guys, because I want you guys to see, and I know that you guys ask for this because you're in these relationships and you're discovering that. Oh my god. Shit is crazy because it is crazy (laughs) and that's why I do this. So you guys can literally listen and say, oh my God, like what is going on? Or, or, or how do I deal with this? And hopefully my insight, you know, you guys can learn from this because I like, I've already gone through all this shit. Like you guys, you guys don't need to go through this shit because I've already been Mm -hmm. it. So, so take, take my life and use it. You know, um, I'm happy for it. I can take it this people do this, this is how you manipulate, you control someone. We're seeing it with the whole population right now and yep. over in Europe, how people are being manipulated. They don't even think a war is happening. It's insane. Um, this is it on a very microcosmic scale, but it doesn't make it any different. It's all the same principles of control and manipulation. And It's good to learn from these things. So, well, Brenda, do you feel do you feel you've learned <laughs> more about the <laughs> hmm. Diary of a Sociopath, yes. Part Four Hundred Eighty Seven Thousand Nine Hundred Thirty Eight? Yeah, it just
1: and I know you've got a gazillion letters from him, and and it seems like they all kind of have a theme every time they do. Um, that you read one. So it's interesting. His take on the world is. Very it's interesting.
0: And very convenient yeah. too. Especially just yeah, I mean he's just completely glazes over
1: mm-hmm.
0: or glosses yeah. over the fact that you created this this nightmare. Like when he leaves the the letter saying and then this nightmare for all of us. No, the nightmare, dude, the nightmare was created by you. You yep. created the nightmare. All of this nightmare, uh all of this nightmare is you know, this whole, th- I mean, again, this is the line I am looking forward to, to seeing you, hugging you in spite of all the troubles this, and, and, and seeing what a fine young man you've grown into in spite of all the troubles this nightmare has brought us all. Well, I'm confident to say that I did grow into a fine young man, despite the nightmare that you fucking created. That's right. Mic drop on that one. <laughs> <laughs> I recorded this episode last night and I had a really hard time sleeping because I think that as much as I, as much as I enjoy sharing this stuff with you guys, it is my life. And it is, it's really sad to me in a lot of ways that people behave like this, especially my father, having written this to a Then what was a 15 year old child, 16 year old child, who his son, whose mother he murdered and the things that he's relating in the letters and he's talking about relationships with women, which he was a chronic womanizer and a horrible person. Uh, and he's giving me lessons about having these lifetime relationships and things. It's all just really weird. And that part of me was trying to reconcile with the fact that. Was he trying to have this little bit, because honestly, like at the end of the day, he is my father and I don't want to believe that he's a horrible person despite evidence to the contrary, but I do really want to you know, and, and look, I'm saying this, I'm saying this for you guys, because I'm sure you guys have situations like this in your lives where you're dealing with people and you are trying to make sense of it. And it's okay to be confused by it. That's really all I'm saying because I was, and I feel when I read these letters, you know, I want to have that moment where, Oh, is my father giving me advice? And should I take this as fatherly advice and, and reading it, you know, 25 plus years later, 27 years later. I do feel like that, oh, he was reaching out to me because their manipulation is so insidious, but that's the whole thing. And it's it's so key to recognize this, but it doesn't make it any less painful or any less heartbreaking that people do this. When I'm reading the letter, I can't help but think, is he really writing it to me or is he writing it to someone else? Because it feels like he's trying to take this position of like, if someone reads this, I mean, obviously we didn't know podcasting was gonna happen. 30 years ago, but, um, it feels like he was writing it for a greater audience. And I'm thinking, was he thinking I was going to share that with the parole board or with attorneys to help him get out of prison? It's really kind of an insidious sort of thing that lies underneath the lies far beyond the text. Anyways, that is what I think, but I want to hear what you guys think, how this material affects you, please. Like, subscribe, post in the comments, send me DMs. All of this stuff really helps me create the content that I feel benefits you guys. It helps me a lot to talk about these things, but I really wanted to provide you guys with what you want to hear and see out of this podcast. So on that note, I'm Collier Landry, and this is Moving Past Murder. Thanks y'all. This podcast is made possible by support from listeners just like you. Please subscribe via Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Audible. Find us on YouTube, youtube youtube.com forward slash Collier Landry. The film A Murder in Mansfield is available on Investigation Discovery, Discovery Plus, and Amazon Prime Video. This podcast is a production of Don't Touch My Radio in association with RSA Entertainment. Please visit mpmpodcast.com to show your support
1: today.